A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the wall. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with the Samaritans. But Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who is, who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, or, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring swelling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, you are right in saying I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he the one speaking to you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking to a woman, but still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left the water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come, see the man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone else have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops from eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that the one who sows and another reaps. I send you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord be with you. When you uh, pick up the Bible and you just sort of flip through it and and read different passages, one of the things you'll often perhaps feel is that there's a lot of things kind of uh, underneath or in the background that you're missing and you're not really understanding what's going on. This uh, passage is one of them. You see Jesus and this woman at the well kind of have a uh, sort of disjointed conversation. Jesus says, can I have some water? The woman says, but I'm Samaritan. And then he says, I'll give you living water. She says, but we should go to the mountain there and worship. Jesus says, you have five husbands. And then she says, you're a prophet. And off she goes. And then it, there's a lot happening. And I was reading uh, a little uh, book about the Bible recently. And, and one of the beautiful, mysterious, and miraculous things about the Bible is, is that while it was written over hundreds and hundreds of years, the 73 books, different authors, different places in time, they were all writing the same story. When it eventually all came together and this uh, research that they had just finished, you can find in the 73 books, 63,000, or right around about there, 63,000 direct references from one to the other. And that was uh, just the things on the surface. But there's a whole lot underneath every passage. So I thought we could probably look behind the scenes at Jesus with this woman at the well to understand maybe what St. John was trying to say in his very symbolic gospel that he wrote. So uh, a little bit of biblical theology here. In the Old Testament, there's a number of times, and any Jewish man or woman at the time of Jesus would have probably uh, known this. But in the Old Testament, you often see a patriarch, Moses, 
Isaac, Jacob, and they're on a journey through a foreign land, and they come to a well, and at the well there will be a woman who's not married, drawing water, and they'll ask her for water, and if she gives them water, they get married. So it's, uh, you know, a well, a foreigner, an unwed woman, wedding bells. It's kind of a pattern in the Old Testament. So Jesus, he's traveling through Samaria, so he's a foreigner on foreign soil. He comes to Jacob's well, right? Jacob had met Rachel there, just how Moses had met Zipporah and Isaac had met Rebekah and Jacob had met Rachel right there. And so Jesus is at that well and a woman comes to draw water and he asks her for water. Now, Jesus isn't an ordinary uh, bridegroom, you could say, and there's not uh, an actual wedding happening in that moment. There's something deeper here. So when we talk about Jesus, one of his, or one of the great themes of the Bible is that Jesus is the bridegroom. And theologically, he is coming to the world to wed himself to all of us humanity. And we are his bride, the church. It's a deep theme you can find on every, well, not on every page maybe, but perhaps. But it, it ends in the book of Revelation. Heaven is a wedding feast. It's a big celebration. You see, when a man and a woman get married, they exchange vows, they exchange gifts in their rings. They make a covenant. A covenant in which they become family. There's no deeper relationship you can have with a person in this world outside of, of marriage. Marriage is the deepest union between two people. And so Jesus, in this moment, as he's coming to the well and this Samaritan woman coming to draw water, we can all see ourselves in the shoes of that Samaritan woman because she's part Jewish and part Gentile. She symbolizes the whole world. Now this woman has a few difficulties. She's had five husbands and she's now with someone else and she has a lot of baggage from the past. Well, Jesus knew she would be there. He sent his apostles away so that he would be alone because at noon he knew she would come. Why would she come at noon to draw water? It's the worst time of the day to draw water. It's hot. You would go in the morning or the evening, but this woman perhaps, perhaps didn't want to be with anyone. Perhaps the gossip in the village about her uh, made it too painful. So she sneaks out in midday to get her water. But there her life changes when she meets our Lord. I think we can perhaps bring this down into our own lives today. Jesus is going to come to us he is going to ask us for water. I have a, a little painting I wanted to, to show. The, uh, a few months ago, I used a painting from Paolo Veronese. And he's an Italian painter. We looked at the wedding of Cana. So maybe you'll remember this homily I gave. I'm not going to go through this painting, but if you see Jesus in the center, he's there, and it looks like he's in the Last Supper. He's got his apostles with him. And then up above Jesus, there's all the, the servers for the wedding are preparing the food. And 
they're butchering with a carving knife some of the food. And it's right over Jesus to symbolize that in Cana, Jesus began his public ministry. And his mission was to come and die on the cross for us. Now, Paolo Veronese painted this around 1560. And he chose for the bride in the left. She is uh, she's blonde hair and has a, an outfit that's uh, white and gold and blue. And then he painted Jesus in the center in red for his passion and blue for his divinity. Well, 30 years later, when Paolo Veronese was painting, he was going to paint the, the gospel scene of Jesus at the well. He, he kept those wedding figures, the bride and Jesus, the bridegroom. They're the same models for this painting. A very simple, beautiful painting of Jesus at the well. And Paolo knew that this was also a wedding scene. And Jesus says to her, I thirst. When Jesus sealed his covenant with us, it wasn't there at the wedding of Cana, it wasn't there at the well. Where was it that Jesus, where was his theological, you could say, wedding day? It was the same day he also said, I thirst on the cross when he died and shed his blood for us. You see, the Bible, part of those 63,000 links, you could say, this is all kind of how it comes together. Jesus died for us. Our sins, our past, are not going to keep him from coming to us. The woman there at the well, it wasn't a problem that she wanted to be loved. It wasn't a problem that she was seeking to be loved in all of these different places. She had a wild heart. And having a wild heart is good. That's how God made us. He made us with our heart and soul so that we could sing and dance and enjoy one another's company. And he made us to be at the wedding feast in heaven. And so if your heart perhaps has led you to look for God in different places, if you have, in a sense, a wild heart that has made you suffer and there's something in the past that's weighing you down, today Jesus invites you to lay it down here. Don't carry that anymore. He knew just where he needed to be to find this woman. And the only thing keeping her back, the only thing keeping her from the love of God was herself. She had to let go. So today let us let go of those obstacles that we have in our heart. Let us perhaps let go of those places where we're looking for God in the wrong places and hear his voice today telling you, I thirst for your love. That's the power of what it means to be a Christian, right? We're not just here to be nice people, right? That's a waste of time. But we're here to let God touch our very heart and soul today through our Eucharistic feast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.